Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. From the newsroom to the nursery. We're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid. They are Anchor Moms. Welcome back to another episode of Anchor Moms, the podcast. We love this interview that we just did. Um, This is with WQAD news anchor and host of her own podcast, On a Mother Level. Denise Hanitka is a mom of two. And like many of us, she is kind of juggling it all. She's a mom. She's a news anchor, and she is fun. She is funny. She's energetic. She is smart. And I think you will also love her podcast if you have the opportunity to go and check that out. Um, And also, Karen, we went through like a box of tissues in this interview. Yeah, all of us. All of us cried. Um, She's honest. She's so honest and so real which is very refreshing these days. Um, so yeah, give it a listen. She, it's a wonderful conversation. I think any mom at home or even non-moms could, can relate to kind of everything that she has to say. Yeah, she talked about her battle with postpartum depression um, and it kind of spawned her, her own podcast. So mm-hmm. um, we hope you like this interview and you take something away from it. So here we go, here's Denise. And Denise, welcome to Anchor Moms. You are truly an anchor mom. I think one of the, the actual first anchor moms we've had besides ourselves on the podcast because you're still in the news business. You're still a mom. You're still kind of juggling everything. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. So tell us just a little bit about yourself. So you work in um, the Quad Cities. And uh, for those of us who aren't from the Midwest, can you just give us a little bit of like a geographical background and what you do for a living? Yeah, you bet. So I'm a news anchor at WQAD, and the station is technically in Moline, Illinois, but we are a bi-state situation. So if you can picture the Mississippi River, and we are in both Iowa and Illinois is our market. And so now picture the map of the country. There's the Mississippi River running through it. Now, Iowa has a nose, you know, that portion of Iowa that sticks out front. We're right I'm in the nostril. I'm looking at a map right now, just by the way. As, as yeah. I'm speaking, I'm like, I'm, I'm envisioning this. I got this. Yes. Okay. We're right okay. in the nostril of Iowa's <laughs> okay. nose. Okay? okay. So that's the Quad Cities area. So we have Moline, Illinois, Rock Island, Illinois, Davenport, Iowa, and Bettendorf, Iowa. Oh there gosh, are four cities. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the Quad Cities area. We are right along the river. And if you're not familiar with this area of the Midwest, the river creates these unbelievable hills and valleys. So of course, there's a ton of flat land. If you go west or if you go east, you are going to drive flat. But we're in this really cool hills and valleys. I think such a beautiful, beautiful area of Iowa and Illinois. And you are an evening anchor and a mom. Tell us about that. So I anchor the five and six o'clock newscasts. I have been here for going on 10 years. I have two little boys. 
They are Abram, who was four, and Everett, who just turned two. Oh. And we are home. This is home for my husband. He grew up about 30 minutes west of here in a little town called Muscatine, Iowa. Mm -hmm. And so we did that thing where I was kind of chasing the career and I was living in Wichita, Kansas. And we thought, so this was, you know, this was almost 10 years ago now. And we had a nephew who was born here in this area. And we thought, are we going to be the aunt and uncle who are never around? who they never hear from because I'm doing this or that. And it was that time as a couple where you're like, where are we going to settle down? Where are we going to raise our family? And so we decided to come back here to the Quad Cities and sort of the rest is history. And I've been here ever since. And it's weird for me because this is the longest I've ever worked anywhere, let alone in television. And it's mm -hmm. weird to always to know, like, this is this is home for me. This is this is where we're at. So it's been kind of cool of experience to really embed yourself in the community. Well, and for those listening who aren't in, as we say, the business, the news business, <laughs> that's pretty rare to be somewhere that long. And you're young to have been somewhere that long. And to be homes, right? So you're you're near family, and that is such a blessing, especially in the news business. I can imagine when you need some support. Do you have family support there? We do, yes. Yeah. So my in-laws live here. My parents live um, actually in North Carolina, um, oh, so I really? don't see them very often. Yeah, they live um, kind of near Wake Forest in a town yeah. called Youngsville. Okay. Um, so. So, but my in-laws are very, very involved. My in-laws and um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law live kind of on like the family compound right along the Mississippi River. <laughs> and um, so one day we hope to join the compound. Not today, but one day. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you from? Where are you from originally? I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So okay. about 30 minutes outside the city. Okay. All right. So yeah, I like, hear a little like Midwest. Midwest. Yeah. Yes. I hear yes. the accent. I love it. <laughs> That's so, so funny. So real quick, I want to just bring this up because we, Denise, have all been complaining about this winter and how hard it's been on us. Oh. Us poor folks here in North Carolina who have <laughs> like, you know, 30 degree temperatures and some two inch snowfalls. Tell us, set the scene. What is it like there? How has this winter been for you? Well, this is a very snowy winter, an extremely snowy winter in the sense that it snows and then it snows again the next day. And then two days pass where it's negative six and then it snows again. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Right now it is negative six. According to my phone, we are striving for a high of 16, but we've had tremendously low lows as of late. I would say maybe a two week stretch of these negative or at least zero temperatures. It's like the hurt your face kind of cold. It's, it's brutal, but, and maybe people in this market won't hear me say this. I love a snowy winter because if it's going to be cold, it may as well yes. be full blown winter. Like just give me all of it. We don't need to pretend that it's sunny and nice out and brown. It's <laughs> like, let's just be winter. And so we are in fact being winter. But my kid is majorly trolling me right now. We've kind of given up on the shoveling. It's like, it's so hard to keep up with at this point. And when it melts a little bit, then it freezes. So there's a layer of ice under all right. the snow. And so for the past three days, every morning he goes, mom, every house has shoveled except for us. <laughs> I'm like, get out of here, kid. 
You get out of it. here with your accusations. Yeah, get out. He's like, you we <laughs> were those people on the block. We apparently are. We apparently are. And I usually, I enjoy shoveling. I feel like it's a fake way to work out, you know, where you got something done, burned a couple calories. I usually don't mind it, but this year I'm, I'm surrendering to it. This is it. Like I give up. I mean, are we surrendering to so many things this year in general? Like, sure. You can watch your iPad some more. Like, sure. You want a cookie? You're not going to scream. And I have to work because I'm working from home. Sure. So hundred percent get into that a little bit, Denise, about how, how has mom life and work life been during the pandemic for you the past, gosh, now we're coming up on a year. Well, I feel like maybe you guys might be able to relate to this considerably. So my kids have gone to daycare the entire time. Our governor in Iowa thought it was very important that daycares remain open because workplaces remained open. You know, I came home shortly after everything kind of blew up in March. They sent us all home. We all did the Hunger Games like three finger thing because we were like, what is happening? We're all being sent home unexpectedly. Thank goodness my daycare stayed open. So my kids were able to safely go to daycare every day. So even when I was working from home, they were they were taken care of, which was a huge weight off our shoulders. And I know that was not the case for moms everywhere, but thankfully it was for us. But then still five o'clock newscast rolls around and my husband's coming home and the kids are coming home and I'm in the basement trying to do the five o'clock news. And all you hear (laughs) is just the running and the yelling and the stomping. And, you know, we made it through and Thankfully, I felt like the viewers really responded to everything that happened that was just natural in my environment. Occasionally, I would bring my kids on, but they went through a series of tantrums on the air. But everyone was just sort of in it with me. You know, they didn't, it, it didn't bother them that the audio was crummy and my set was a little wonky and the lighting was not great. Um, but I felt like people really appreciated the authenticity of it. And I missed that a little bit. I miss feeling a little more conversational because I was sitting there on a chair in my basement. Um, I dressed more casually. It was kind of an interesting period of time. Did you guys have the same sort of thing? Yes. (laughs) And I was also in the basement and heard the footsteps, (laughs) the screaming, you know, like trying to open the door, the little faces like through the cracks, you know, yelling. (laughs) Um, And now, and I'm still working from home now. Um, And I'm, will not tell you what I'm wearing below my belly button because no one needs to know. (laughs) No one needs to know. No one needs to know what's happening down there. Uh, Well, good for you. How long did you work from home? I worked from home from March until October. So the better part of six months, which I just, I never thought we had a stay at home job. I never thought we had remotely a work from home job. I remember my boss came around and handed out the letters that we were supposed to carry in our car in case Mm -hmm. there was some sort of national lockdown. And I thought, this is it. Like, we're really going to go to work every single day. And then a couple days passed and, and the company had changed its mind. And so, wow, it's, it's crazy to me when I tell people that them standing there right in front of me with the phone in their hand, they could be a live television news broadcaster right there. <laughs> and that's all they would need is their phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't I think, give any ideas. 
Yeah, we want to keep <laughs> I mean, our job security here. Right, um, right. I, I think you bring up a good point, Denise, though, that feeling of authenticity and realness. Um, I feel like that's one good thing maybe that's come out of this pandemic, right? I feel like there is just that um, relatability to each other, right? We're all going through this. We're all working from home. We, like every person I talk to on work calls, when they hear my kids screaming in the background or something, they're like, oh, I get it. I've got to three-year-old at home too, or, you know, everybody's just kind of feels like they're in the same boat. Um, you know, do you think that's just with us in news or you think that's just in general and how kind of, you know, talk about that a little bit and just kind of the change there and how we kind of relate with each other these days. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's made us all a little bit more aware of the fact that work is and cannot be our only priority. You know, it's like, a little dose of realism that everybody is trying to get a ton of stuff done. And for me, I feel like my boss has always been extremely family friendly, but even more so now because there's, there's just so many fewer choices. If I don't have childcare, I don't have childcare. And this isn't like some plan to get out of work and no one's trying to use their kid as an excuse. It just is, you know, yeah. and there's no choice. Um, but it made me feel really good when I was broadcasting in the basement that as I'm telling people to stay home, as I'm telling people to take precautions, I'm not sitting in some fancy news room. I'm not, you know, having my hair and makeup done perfectly, sitting in my ivory tower telling people to do something that I'm not doing. You know, it's sort of like that thing where we tell people not to go outside and then we stand outside in it. <laughs> so I felt like we were actually doing the thing that we were telling people to do. And I think people responded to that very well. Um, I want to talk about, because I've been following you on Instagram, and I noticed, I think, one of your posts, sort of the end of last year, is you got really fit in quarantine. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, like, what, I mean, most people did not get fit. They got, it was like the opposite. The opposite, <laughs> yes. But you got fit. Talk a little bit about that. What did you do? Where did you get the motivation? All of that. So, um, yeah, it's... It, it saved me during quarantine. It absolutely saved me. And it actually gave me something, something to like live for in some respects. <laughs> so I started because, you know, I had just had, I just had a baby. It was maybe 10 months postpartum when I started. And I started because my friends were going to a certain gym and they were starting to have results. And so you're like, what the heck? I'll try this too. And it started out as these small group fitness training classes, and then it slowly kind of pared down through the pandemic just to a one-on-one -on -one situation. And so through the entire pandemic, I was doing this one-on-one -on -one personal training, which I realize makes me sound super bougie, okay? It sounds like, oh, I have a trainer. Like, yes, I have a trainer. <laughs> However, like, I have spent way more money on way stupider things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> way, way dumber things. So um, the plan was super simple. I lift weights at least three times a week. I got my nutrition a little bit in check. And I say a little bit because like I am not perfect every day of the week, not by any stretch. I had a, um, a sad girl day yesterday. So I drove through McDonald's and had a strawberry shake and a quarter pounder. <laughs> so like this is not me preaching perfection by any stretch of the imagination. But when... Um, 
you know, when everything just went crazy, it was like I had this one thing, this one goal, this one touchstone that kind of kept me grounded. And so, yeah, when the year was done, um, I had lost 30 pounds, however wow. many inches. And, um, and you know, like I, I did it just because I wanted my jeans to fit better. And they do. But well, you bought new so jeans not <laughs> you yeah, bought right? some new jeans. <laughs> You know, and so like all those vanity things, those all happened. Yes. But at the end of the day, like my mental health is better because I did that for myself. You know what I mean? And it's it's meant everything to me that I, um, you know, give this to myself, this couple of hours every week. That's purely about me and purely about like this burn. Um, and I never was an exercise girl. I feel like I tried to be, and you know, I went to some mommy and me fitness classes, which were wonderful and I loved them and I loved the community of it. But it turns out I really needed this, like this dedication to me and to myself. And so I no longer consider fitness self-care or some sort of luxury. It's just it's just who I am and part of my day now. Good for you. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And so, so did, the viewer, you, did the viewers notice before you posted that picture on Instagram? Because, you know, viewers do not, I don't, in, in my experience, they do not hold back. So did they, <laughs> did they let you know you were looking good or did they not notice? Yeah. Yeah. And it took, you know, it took a, a long while, you know, like you notice it. What is it like you notice, then your friends notice and then everybody right. else notices, but it's like, you know, over a long period of time. And so I would say it took, it took maybe like nine months before people <laughs> actually noticed one, because I'm in my basement, but two, because I'm a very tall person. And so I can kind of sneak weight on and sneak weight off, you know, and it doesn't necessarily sure. show. Um, but yeah, it's it's made a big difference to feel a little bit more like myself. And I feel I feel like, it, you know, the, the focus is so much on like the vanity of it. And yes, I'm extremely vain, but um, <laughs> but it just it's been so much more for me. You know what I mean? Because if it wasn't more then you would stop when you reached, you know, a goal of sorts. Right. And, you know, but now it's like a full blown addiction. And well, so like is, I need was it. the was the trainer, is it all, was it all virtual? Yeah. So there was, um, there was some virtual and then there was some where, because it's just like one-on-one -on -one in person, we were able to, um, you know, stay within the rules and, and, uh, you know, still meet, which was Social really distance. nice. Mm -hmm. Because do yeah. they, does this person do virtual training, like say in North Carolina so for other yes. anchor moms? Say, yes. Can we like at a, moms like a discount. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a new employee start the other day and she, one of the first things she said to me was like, so you guys all work out at the same place. You all eat the same foods. You all shop at the same athleisure store. Like, is this some sort of secret society? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Like, I guess you have to do all these things that we do. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about your podcast, Denise, on yeah. another level, which First of all, love the title. Thank you. <laughs> and um, it's it's kind of like, it, it's a bit of a mixed bag. You kind of got a little bit of everything going on. You do interviews with different moms or different people in the community. And then you do your like bachelor recap. Yeah. <laughs> I love all of it. So give us a little rundown of On a Mother Level. 
So on a mother level, I'm on episode 68 comes out this week. Wow. And um, so I started, I think it was July of 2019. And I started in part because my boss um, opened this podcast studio and asked if anyone would like to podcast. Um, and I'm a like a kind of a podcast junkie on my own. So I thought that would be, you know, kind of a fun idea. And I figured out after I had um, my second son, it was, so that was July, 2019. He was born in January, 2019. You guys do the birthday math all the time. You're like, I don't yeah, know yeah. how old you are That's when you were I born. Life, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so after I had Everett, I had a really hard time. I did not thrive in that, in that motherhood moment. Um, and I sort of accidentally started talking about it and I was, um, <laughs> kind of authentic about the terrible, terrible time that I was having with my second. And so when this opportunity came around, I realized I had something to say. And the more I talked about the terrible time I was having, the more people said, I'm having a terrible time. And you realize how relatable this thing is that we're doing. You know, it's like this community of women who has so much to say and who has shared experiences. And I realized like, I was one of them and I had something to say. And so this podcast has given me that voice. And when I look back on Everett and I's experience, I realized that he's the one who gave me that voice, you know, that I didn't realize that I had. And so now I, um, I try to keep the same authenticity and some days it's um, like my last episode that people really responded to was talking to a mom whose three-year-old son has leukemia. And it was a gut-wrenching interview. It was so hard. And one of the first things she said to me when we started the call is she said, how do you want me to talk about this? And me being a broadcaster is like, as much as you want to talk about it, like talk away. And she said, no, no, sometimes people don't want to hear that. They want me to talk about Make-A-Wish and St. Jude's kids and how happy they are. She goes, so do you want me to talk about it like that? Or do you want to hear how it really is? And I was blown away when she said that to me, just blown away because um, here's this mom who has this story to tell and she still feels like maybe it's too much, you know, maybe yeah. that story is too much. And so on my podcast, I hope I encouraged her, excuse me, to tell the story exactly as she experiences it. And that led to an incredibly gut-wrenching episode, but it also was incredibly hopeful because she talked about finding this strength as a mom when you don't think you have any left. And it ended with this message of blood donation has saved her child more than once through his treatment. And so if you do nothing else with your time, go donate some blood. And so to me, it's like, yes, she's going through this horrible thing. And, um, you know, it's turned her family and her life and, and her job and everything upside down. But also, here's what you can do about it. And here's how you can support a family like mine. Denise, and let so, me tell you, I listened to that episode yeah. yesterday in my car. Tears just streaming every five minutes. And you girls know I'm not like a huge crier. No. But Wow. Lord, let yeah. me tell you, when you hear about a mama's strength when her three-year-old has leukemia and all of us have toddlers, I mean, there's nothing to compare that to. And she seems like such a strong woman. And of course, her little boy seems like such a strong little yeah. man too. She talked a lot about um, 
how he lost his hair, you know, and, and of all the things that she's seen him go through, she talked about feeling his hair on her lips, like before he lost it. And like, I can still hear her words in my head. And I'm like, you know, it's just, God, moms are amazing. Moms are amazing. And the fact that you guys and me on my podcast were like actually celebrating it and talking about it and bringing awareness to, to what families go through. I'm just like, so I'm so proud of our generation of moms. Cause I feel like we're doing this, you know, we're doing this. And, um, when our daughters and our sons have kids, they're going to have a better a better, more communicative, relatable experience because we talked about it, you know? I think that's cool. Can you briefly talk about the difficulties that you had with Everett? Sure. Um, So I I had a a scheduled C-section, so that wasn't um, a big deal. And uh, I just, especially when I look back now, I I remember in the hospital sort of feeling like, like I, I wasn't bonding to him right off the bat and I was having trouble breastfeeding and I was tired and I was, you know, exhausted. And I just, I was not bonding with him properly. I don't think I knew that in the moment, but I just, I, I didn't feel very bonded to him. And, you know, you just sort of think like, oh, like it'll be okay. And, you know, breastfeeding's not going well. And, and so I did everything I could to try to breastfeed him and I, um, I remember there were just these nights where he would just scream and scream and scream. And we didn't realize at the time, but he was trying to breastfeed and I thought he was feeding the whole time and he wasn't, he, so he would like scream until he would get so exhausted that he would fall back asleep. And so he was like rapidly losing weight. And, you know, we ended up in the hospital for a night at like six days old. And so we're pumping him with fluids and I've had a C-section. So I'm trying to sleep on this horrible hospital bed while we're, um, we're in the hospital overnight. And, and so from there, I decided to try exclusively pumping. And so I did it. I fought through exclusive pumping and it is a soul sucking activity. Um, It is absolutely horrible, but I really wanted to do it. Um, And I over, you know, as the weeks passed and I'm like pumping away and I'm, you know, trying to manage my older child and taking care of my new baby. I realized I was just crying a lot, like more than normal, like more than should be normal. Even after having a baby, I cried all the time, so much. And then it sort of became not only am I crying, but like I have very outsized reactions to things, you know, where you'd have a small frustration, but you would just feel it building up in your whole body and you would scream. And, and it just, everything just felt out of my control. And I know you guys have been here where it's time now to post a picture because your baby turned one month, you know? And you got to post a picture and say like how much joy this baby has brought to you. And I wasn't having any joy. It was not a joyful time for me. And I was really struggling. And I accidentally posted the truth. I posted, <laughs> I posted that my baby has turned one. I cry every day. Ugh. And... And I'm not, I'm not making it as a mom. I'm not doing it. You know, you people, you watched me, you know, 
be pregnant with this child. And now here I am telling you I'm, I'm terrible at this. I suck at this, you know? And so I posted this whole thing. I posted the truth and I fell asleep. And I woke up and I woke up to hundreds of comments. Hundreds of comments that were like, Denise, we see you. We see you and we hear you. And that meant so much to me, but it also helped me realize that I needed to go to the doctor. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and I, never, I never even thought of the words postpartum depression, you know? And they tell you it all the time. They tell you what to look for. They tell you what it is. And they warn you that you may feel that way. But I thought it was, I want to hurt my baby. I want to hurt myself. And that's not how I felt. I just felt like this is going terribly. And I am terrible because of it. And my baby is not doing well because of it, you know? And so I knew, I knew something was really wrong when, so I made the appointment with the doctor, you know, for a mood check and, uh, and I, I'm, I'm panicking because, you know, they're, I know they're going to give me the, the quiz, the -hmm. quiz that says, um, you know, you know, scale of one to 10, how likely are you to hurt yourself? You know, that quiz. And I thought, I know the answers to this quiz. I know what the right answers are. So do I give the right answers or do I give the real answers? And I was panicked before the appointment. And so they handed me the quiz and I burst into tears just at the idea of filling out this quiz. And my doctor said, honey, we're going to get you some help. And like that, like, thank God it only went on for like a month. You know, it was a month or, or five or six weeks before I was able to get help. But, um, but yeah, it was such an eye-opening experience because I, I knew what postpartum depression was. I knew to look for it. I knew all of the things, but it's like until you're in it, you have no idea what's happening. You have no idea what's normal, what's not normal. And um, yeah, and it, it, it was all because I accidentally told the truth and I didn't, I didn't even mean to. I just did. And right now here today, I would never make, I would never write a post like that. You know what I mean? That was so, that was so revealing and it was so honest. And, you know, I would have censored myself in some way, but I didn't that day. And I'm glad that I didn't because it helped me realize that I needed to do something. And it's given me this, this voice. It's given me, you know, it's given me so much more perspective about being a mom on the good days and the bad days. And um, so, yeah, so I talk a lot about postpartum depression now because so many people say we need to talk about it. And I agree. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about it. Yeah. And, wow. First of we're, all, we're all, wow. we're all crying. We are like, it's water. I'm sorry. I've like all ruined today. No, 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 not I, no, I think we all just kind of like tears on, because on some yeah. level, like found a connection in, in what you were just saying. I mean, no mom, even if you've gone through postpartum or not, like at some point you have that feeling, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's the first birthday, maybe it's the 10th birthday, or, or maybe it's just a Tuesday. But I mean, as a mom, it is so freaking hard, right? <laughs> and yeah. for you to have the strength as a public figure to post something like that, and that's what maybe some folks listening don't realize, is that it's really hard to be yourself in this business. Yeah. You, yeah. you really have to censor everything you literally say and do in mm-hmm. all aspects of your life. So good yeah. for you for getting on the internet 
in your most vulnerable state <laughs> and just kind of like, you know, sharing this bleeding heart with the world. Good for you. Yeah, I just, I, I, I realize how important it was now. Um, but in that moment, I felt like I, I just cannot lie to people. I cannot lie to people and tell them my baby's one, you know, we're just loving every second. It's just at the, at the core, I try to, I try to check myself when I'm about to post something just because it feels like the right thing to do. Right. Like, so we just all had Valentine's day and like, I didn't feel like posting a Valentine's day post. I feel like people were expecting me to, you know yeah. what I mean? But it's like, you know, I'm good. Like I'm good today. Like maybe I'm not like, like, you know, feeling the love today. So like, I'm just going to skip it today. You know, like I try to check myself good. on just posting nonsense because you feel because somebody out there is reading that and going like well, why don't I feel that way why am I not mm -hmm. having the perfect experience as a mom why is my marriage not a hundred percent on the right track all the time you know and so it's just yeah. like I don't know I, I feel like because I have this teeny tiny little platform at the very least I can just be authentic I don't have to say all the things, you know what I mean? Like everyone mm -hmm. doesn't need to know all my stuff, but I can be authentic in those moments though too, you know? Yeah. I think that's great. And I think that's a good reminder to all of us, you know, right? How many times do we post the thing that is, is the, the happy positive thing yet don't post the thing that's, you know, well, normally because you're not taking a picture of the awful thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, honey, can you just can you just stop stop yelling for a second? Let me just take a picture. Yeah, right. of you. Right. But I think that's great, and I think that's such an integral part of this. You talked about the network of building this mom community, and I think that that's huge. Is that authenticity and that realness that sometimes we just don't get, especially on well. And you guys are doing the same thing. You guys are doing the same thing, and it's um, it's just such an important part of the conversation because if you, you know, I'm sure everyone looks at the three of you ladies like stars they see on TV, you know what I mean? And they could easily just, um, you know, write you guys off as perfect, but you guys show up on your podcast and you tell it like it is. Complain and I think people appreciate that. Admit that yeah. perfect, far from perfect. <laughs> but it would be easy, it would be easy to dismiss you guys as just being too perfect. You know what I mean? And so I think, I think authenticity wins every time. Well, hey, everyone listening, go and check out On a Mother Level. Um, I imagine, Denise, you can you can listen wherever you get your podcast, Apple, yes. Spotify, all of the above. All of the above. Okay. And how can we find you on social media? Um, so the podcast is at On a Mother Level. That, um, that's a whole new like journey, trying to build up that account while also Ooh, building yes. up a personal account. So you can also follow <laughs> me that, um, yeah. specifically. Yeah, it's at Denise WQAD. So D-E-N-I-S-E-W-Q-A-D on Instagram. It was so great to talk with you, Denise. It was and you too. tears and tears and, and laughs and you know, all of the above mixed in. But it was a great conversation and we're so uh, grateful to have you on. Thank and you like, for having me. In another world, we would be going to the gym with you and we'd also yes. wear the same, the yes. same type as you. We would yeah, <laughs> yes. also be best friends. So. Yeah. yeah, I yes. hope so. <laughs> all right, Denise, thanks, thanks Denise. so much. Have a good one. Bye.
Oh, thank you so much, Denise. What an amazing conversation. Um, again, you can listen to Denise's podcast on a mother level. Um, and you can also find her on all social media platforms as well. So um, we hope you keep following her story. She has so many inspirational things to say. And I think she's so similar to us. If she was here in North Carolina, she would just be the fourth anchor mom on our podcast. <laughs> we would just combine it all into one. Exactly. Um, All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you next week. Have a good week. Thanks for listening.